Now, I can't help but notice that you're slightly tanned again. Have you been on the sunbed before we start? You want the truth? I mean, are you? what I'm trying to get to is, are you addicted to sun showers? <laughs> Which is the, actually, I've been thinking about this as well. Are they called a sun shower because it's like standing in a shower? It's because you're standing up, yeah. Right, because I, I still don't... I should probably Google what it looks like. You, it's just a sunbed, but vertical. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah fine, okay. Yeah, it's, it's really not complicated. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm overthinking this, aren't I? Yeah, definitely. Anyway, stop distracting me from the point. Have you been on the sun shower again? Once more since the last podcast. <laughs> that was last week. We literally recorded that, a week but, ago. <laughs> but that once more was about two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been sunny the last few days. Uh, I've seen a little bit of that. Not not enough. So yeah, I wanted to just do a little top up. I mean, it's 26 degrees at the minute or something like that. Yeah, but I've not been outside today. Uh, it's a bit mm. cloudy. I've been productive in other ways. So um, I didn't want to... Do you know what? I actually just didn't want to miss out. Even though I've missed the sun... I don't want to miss out on the possibility of a tan. Do you go in it naked? Yeah. yeah. So I just got a lot of questions. I'm sure many people would have a lot of questions now after that. Or oh, some terrible images in their head. Well, that's why I've <laughs> a bit lost for words right now. Um, let's let's begin. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Tuesday Night Drinks, your favourite podcast, of course. Um, thanks to everyone that listened to last week's episode. Welcome back and welcome to those of you that are joining us for the first time. Um, I'm your host, Owen Dryden, and opposite me, looking slightly tanned, just like last week's episode, is my co-host, co-founder, um, <laughs> all-round great guy, Michael Simons. Michael. I'll go with that. Yeah. Thank you. You happy with my character assessment? That's well, better than most times you introduced me, yeah. Yeah, and also um, Michael has an extra glow about him this week as Liverpool, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows a scouser that's banging on about it. Um, Liverpool were successful in securing some kind of silver trophy, I don't know. Um, so, well done. Yeah, basically we proved we're the best group of football hooligans in the land. <laughs> a collective of... Uh... Oh, well, also we played a game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well done. I'm half of all of us here at Choosing Our Drinks, which is... Me and you. Um, <laughs> um, well done. Um, I was there with you when it happened and I was moved for a number of reasons, mainly because, as I told you at the time, the fact that you won has annoyed at least four people I know um, and an entire city called Manchester and London. So, I mean, if that's not a reason to win a game, I, I don't know what is. Exactly. So congratulations. Round of applause from me. I'll join in that. Yeah, but how are you otherwise, mate? How's things? Good? Yeah, good apart from that. To be honest, I'm a little bit ropey after the, after the Champions League, so my my throat's a little bit... I was going to say, uh, do you want to mention to the, to the guys at home? Yeah, you've got a, a raspy voice. A, bit of a raspy voice. But I, I said to you before when I messaged you, I hope it sounds sexy. I mean, do, do you want to... <laughs> so before we get going, do you want to maybe... Maybe know, what? I, I'm trying to think of like some sexy sentences you could maybe say. Maybe like, Hello. <laughs> My name's Michael Sam. Hang on, let me try and do it a bit more raspy. Hello there. <laughs> My name's Michael Sam, boy. No. Why would I be a cowboy? Oh, that does sound sexy. You've got like, it's very raspy. Yeah. I mean, I do like country music, but I don't think I need to do a cowboy accent. <laughs> would, you, would you be a good cowboy? No, I'd be useless. Mm. Um, actually, do you know what? I think you're quite a city dweller, aren't you? I think. 
Yeah, but I, I think I'd like the hands-on stuff in the farm and on the, not on the farm, on the ranch. Sorry, I'd like the idea of hands-on uh, with with who or what exactly? rearing horses and cattle and uh, okay, quite fun. You don't want to get hands-on with with other cowboys. No, no, okay, absolutely not. I mean, that's completely fine if you wanted to. I just wanted to clarify. Just you know, because <laughs> we're on a, we're on a journey. <laughs> Oh, by the way. Yeah, but we're not going that direction. No, so. There's two things, by the way, we need to do this week. Number one, I want to set up... Um, so what I sometimes do is I tell Michael things on the podcast because I like to surprise him. Um, so I don't mention things to him before we start recording. Number one, I want to start doing like a swear jar for every time we say journey or any of our other like... A um, journey jar. Yeah, journey jar. <laughs> so I want to start doing that. And number two, we're also going to do the roll call this week for all our listeners. Have you got um, it ready? I can get it ready in approximately five seconds. Okay. Um, but I think last week's episode did very, very well. Um, so I thought it'd be a good opportunity to look at where everyone's listening again. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Because it went it. really well last time we did it. And we did promise <laughs> last week. It took like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And we did promise last week that we would do it again. So um, are you ready to go? Are you doing the roll call now? I've got the list in front of me. Then yeah, let's. I mean, let's go. Do we need to plug anything else for it? I mean, uh, we're, no. we're in a new phase of the podcast where it's a lot more fluid than it used to be. So I think this is good. Spontaneity, spontaneity. <laughs> sorry, it's oh, good. It's fluid. Um, <laughs> um, right, you ready to go? Oh, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, last week did well, and people quite liked it. So let's, let's do more of the same. Right. Yeah, go with it. So. <clears throat> First, we're looking at uh, countries slash regions. Um, uh, shall we, we should look at like a comparison to see if it's changed. Welcome to Tuesday Night Drinks. Does your revision. Right. So, number one, once again, the United Kingdom. Flying the flag. 86% of our listeners are in the United Kingdom. Okay. 4% are in the United States. This is last week's episode, by the way. I know who that is. Who? Do you? Not me, is it? No. No, it would have been me. No, week. we're not going to win that. Okay. Well, I can see. Well, <laughs> I know. I, I think I definitely know one person. Well, um, well, let me break down. So, are they, are they in Florida, Colorado, or Massachusetts? Oh, we've got um, places as well. Uh, no. Actually, I uh, no, I know who one of them is. Actually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. Let's not go there. Yeah. Um, and oh. then also we've got Qatar again. <coughs> Because there's no, well, something in your throat again on, on all the popular musical instruments. Every time we say guitar, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And then also we've got uh, Sweden again. But you said that's something to do with your work. It might, uh, maybe it may be not. I don't yeah. know. Um, Germany. I have no idea where anyone's listening or why they listen. Spain, Romania and France. Okay. But my favourite thing to do is to break down our UK listeners. So here we go. Are you ready? So once again, hello to uh, Scotland. Whoever's listening in Scotland is still listening. Um, Livingston and Lockerbie. Livingston's still on there. Yeah, okay. so well done to them. And Lockerbie. Uh, yeah. That's new. Um, Wales, hello to everyone listening in Hollyhead and Bridgend. These are new. They are new. New right. listeners. Shabalabba ding dong. And then let's quickly go through the UK because, you know, our English listeners, our, sorry, our UK listeners are my favourite. Okay, um, so, London, Coventry, Liverpool, Greenwich, Lambeth, Hackney, Hampstead, Northampton, Dartford, Notting Hill Gate, Kidbrook, Rotherhide, Staverton, Reading, Chelsea, Islington, Stoke Newington, Camden, Wallace, Poplar, Ashford. <laughs> Wallace, um, where's Chippenham? That's a new place. Chippenham's listening. Welcome, Chippenham. Good to see you. Um, Ricelip, Ballum, Gillingham, Hammersmith, Romford. By the way, this is me only. Gillingham? A, this is me only. You a mean qu- Gillingham? Yeah, I don't know. I'm reading it quick, aren't I? I don't know. <laughs> I'm uneducated. Isn't that obvious? Um, well, you claimed, you I, claimed the opposite of that. So. Um, look, we all make mistakes. Okay. Mine were doing this podcast. Um, I'm only a quarter way through the list, by the way, so there's a lot more to go. Let me just, I'm just going to keep going. The ones that I can pronounce Gosport, 
What shall I do while you're doing this? Graze. Do you mind if I go make a cup of tea? Harrow. Harrow? Who's listening? I used to live there. Hello to Harrow. You've got... You who's listening in Harrow? Like, you can just guess the one person that's living, that's living <laughs> Well, to be fair, we've quickly realised that there's people listening that we, funnily enough, don't know. Um, but anyway, hello. To, oh, Birmingham. It brings back memories. Uh, Manchester. Oh. <laughs> we talked about what we said <laughs> Manchester you'll always be in my heart <laughs> oh god um, Covent Garden again Kensington Morden Paddington Acton you get the idea roll call completed that would be one really long journey we visited them all it would maybe we should put together like a map right write this down oh so um, for those actually you, have a pen and yeah, for those of you who know Michael is writing this down um, yeah. let's do a map and put it on Instagram of where everyone's listening in the world. I don't know how we're going to do that. Oh, no, we can figure that out. That's quite easy. But um, we've got the list there. We can download it. And let's, uh, let's put a map together our listeners. I think that'd be really cool. And we can call it the TND Army. Do you want to put it on, on a badge? That's a joke that some people <laughs> won't get, so don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, let's, let's call it the TND Army. The TND yeah. Army. Okay. Good. <laughs> We need a better name for the groupies. <laughs> I don't think TND Army is correct. I want to say something so bad, but I'll have to edit it out, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Tell me later. <laughs> I can't do it, no. Okay. Um, I'll write it down a bit. But, um, no, no, just, yeah. Fine, we'll move on. Fine. Um, I'm going I'm to write down... Remind uh, Owen to tell me <laughs> what he wanted to say before. <laughs> what I wanted to call our listeners... Um, yeah so if we did just uh, shout out your country or place of well place you live um, hi welcome thank you for listening but you know more importantly tell a friend because the T&D army it's not not big enough you know we're not no we need to recruit we we want we we want you we want you as a new recruit so um, tell your friends but you know what I really want you all to do do you like the way I'm now approaching plugging our social media, by the way? It's my new technique. What I'd really love you to do is to follow us on Instagram. <laughs> um, so if you That's better than begging. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've done enough of that over the weeks. Um, so yeah, Instagram, Tuesday Night Drinks. Twitter, Tuesday Night Drinks. Facebook.com, forward slash Tuesday Night Drinks. Just give us a little, little cheeky little follow. Um, we're posting a lot of content on there. And we've kind of changed the way we post as well. So some good stuff coming up. And we also post some really nice behind the scenes stuff as well. Um, and also we're doing a lot more kind of um, polls and kind of listener questions, stuff that Michael likes to put himself in charge of. So I just do it without you, without you knowing about it. Well, I like that though, because you're head of social media here at Tuesday Night Heights. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, the Instagram account's not a great CV for me. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get there. We'll get better. Yeah. I mean... I'd love for the fact if you applied for a job and you walked in on your CV, head of social media at Tuesday Night Drinks. <laughs> you never know, actually, to be fair, it could work. Would, would you put on your CV now that you are no. part of a podcast? I think I'd say I produce a podcast. I wouldn't say I'm on it because then it's too easy to find. Yeah, fair enough. Actually, sure. <laughs> think back to last night when, when someone asked us about the podcast and um, we, yeah, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't want them to listen to it. Yeah. So we told them a completely different podcast. But then the thing was, this really got me. They they got up on Spotify, and on the on the uh, main picture for the other podcast we gave them, were t- was it two pe- two people, two yeah. guys, 
who looked nothing like me and Owen. Well, and they didn't, they couldn't tell it wasn't our yeah. podcast. And one of the people, the gents, is blonde. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them is wearing glasses. It's, yeah. So they'd be terrible at guess who. As I've just realised, people might not know what we look like because not everyone follows us on Instagram. We're not blonde and we don't wear glasses. No, but they're, we're on Instagram. So go mm. and look for some pictures. There's some beautiful headshots on there. Some fabulous headshots, yeah. darling. Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, but yeah, just follow us, man. I think it's I think it's worthwhile. Yeah, do you know what I th- you said something last week? It's it's like the right time to follow us now. I think. Yeah. There's going to be loads of, um, you know, the future's looking bright for TND. TND. There's a lot coming up that we we're excited to to share and talk about. So I think it's a great time to get involved. Very um, very true. Yeah. So. And we want to get the listeners involved more as well. And um, a few things we've got planned and stuff coming up in the next few weeks. It's going to be the first place to we've, we've said that a lot. <laughs> that we've always, always got great plans and things coming Don't worry up. about it. Yeah. It'll happen eventually. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, but on the back of what Michael just uh, eloquently put, um, this week is kind of more of the same, really. So this week we're talking about uh, talking about me um, and talking about how my life kind of changed. Um, I'm very aware this podcast has changed tone very quickly already. Very quickly. Um yeah, so we're talking about me. We're talking about something that's quite personal to me um, and something that kind of changed my life um, about a year and a half ago now. Um, so the odd thing about talking about this on this podcast is there's obviously a lot of people that listen to this that know me and know you. Mm. Um, and I think what we're going to talk about today, and this is me really now building it up into something quite amazing. It's not. Um, it's more you kind of pushing it as far back as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be interesting for people that know me that have known me for a while and have no idea about this. So, um, I'm just finally proud to announce that I am... No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it's basically in December 2017, I was diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic. So, I have diabetes, type 1. Um, that's weird to now just announce it on the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, the, straight away, just saying that line, does that mean or feel anything? Um, can't... <sighs> It's weird that we're doing it because I've never sat down and properly, properly spoken about it with any, apart from my family. Yeah. Like, and in this kind of environment with a mate, it's a bit different because I don't really talk about it. Um, not because I'm ashamed of it mm. or even necessarily upset about it. It's just purely, I, how can I make this sound, not sound terrible? People are ignorant to it and people ask me really dumb questions and mm. make really annoying, frustrating assumptions mm. about me, about the disease. Um, and the reason I'm talking about on the podcast this week is I want to answer some of those questions and I want to share my experience of being diagnosed and now a year and a half on living mm. with it. Now, let me just say this from the start. I'm doing really great. I've dealt with it really well. It doesn't bear any kind of you know, physical or psychological issue on me. Um, there's no problems with that at all. My doctors say I'm doing fantastic. They're really happy with everything. But I just want to kind of educate people on it and say and just share what happened, really. And I think it's a, it's a story that I'd like to share. And I told you ages ago, six months ago, that I wanted to talk about it eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, you know what, now's the time. Good. I, I think, first of all, I'm very, very um, happy to be part of the conversation, to be honest. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm glad you've chose this forum. Uh, I know we've spoken about it in the, in the past, so obviously it's not a surprise yeah, to me. Yeah, of course. Uh, and I kind of knew about it when it happened, but um, yeah, it's nice nice to be there for you as you do open up about it now and talk about it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm 
I'm not going to say I'm going to play the ignorant person in this. I don't genuinely know much about <laughs> diabetes. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people don't as well. Um, I've done a, obviously a tiny bit of reading into it um, for the sake of being able to have a decent conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. with you. But um, no, I think, yeah, I'm really proud of you for being able to share this. And Thank you, mate. Um, I think the question, first question I w- was going to have was without, I know we're probably still building up to the actual conversation, but no, no. The conversation have, you ever, starts. have you ever felt the need to really announce it? <sighs> Um, or no. to hide it even is one way to put it um, the answer is no to, to, to both of your questions really um, I feel like when I'm in a working environment I actually have to share it because some people uh, we'll get to this but some people have an issue with needles being around oh, okay yeah, yeah. so um, it was kind of alright in my old old job um because I was off work for two months and kind of vanished and everyone knew when I mm. came back and I kind of sat next to a um, senior manager director kind of thing so I wasn't around kind of like the rest of the team so yeah. she knew very much what was going on so she was happy for me to just do it there okay. and I sat next to a girl this lovely Japanese lady called Raina hi Raina if you're listening um, <laughs> I hope she does actually she's a lovely lady um, people listening will know who she is as well and this woman has a heart of gold. Okay. So she was very supportive of it all as well and very kind. And she still texts me now, actually, um, and asks me how I am, how I'm getting on with stuff. Oh, so, good. Yeah, it's lovely, because she's sat next to me. I've vanished for two months. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go over the, the story of how I got diagnosed on that in a second. But um, but yeah, so I feel as if I feel responsible sometimes to tell people in a work environment. Um, my most recent job, I told a few people that just kind of sat directly next to me. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it's a weird one. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but it's, it's not something that should be, that should affect pe- the way people look and talk to you or act yeah. around you. It's, you know, it's, there's a lot of people live with it, you know, yeah. uh, looking at, uh, you know, I had a little look at some numbers before. There's a huge amount of people in the UK that actually live with it. Mm. Um, but I don't know, did you know the numbers or do you know how many? I'll, I think I'll I roughly know, but yeah. run for it. Explain we go for everyone at home to hear. Well, there's about, uh, well, from what I could read, there's yeah. about one in 15 in the UK have yeah. diabetes. That's right. Um, that's a lot more than I thought. I, I didn't well, that's, really that's type one and type two. Just yeah, to, just yeah, to together. say. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get the type one diabetes up in a minute. Yeah. Um, and apparently there's about a million people who have type two but have never been diagnosed as yep. well. Yep. Which I find really odd as well. So I just want to quickly say as well, um, it's important to maybe just say um, on, on tonight's episode, we're talking about my experience of having type one and diabetes. Um, there's a lot more information out there if you want to learn, you know, facts and learn more about, you know, how to you know symptoms that you may have I, d- I don't know really I just I'm the, the point I'm trying to get is because we're, we're talking about it, talking about me having it um, but you want to learn more Diabetes UK great website a lot of information on there um, yeah. please don't take what we're saying as gospel or solid fact um, again it's just just you know me telling a story um, and just having a conversation about my experience yeah okay. I think that's fair right Abs- absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely well you, you obviously can't talk about other people's experiences with exactly it, so um, yeah everyone's going to be a, be a different scenario so um uh, the website's diabetes.org.uk, but we'll yep. put the link in the Instagram post and on our, um, Fantastic. our episode notes. Fantastic. Uh, so, so yeah, we'll reference it later on as well. And the funny thing is, um, so I have type 1. I actually don't know much about type 2, so I'm going to rely on you in a second because I know you've done a little bit of research. Um, <laughs> little bit of research, yeah, yeah. I've, got a, I've probably got a line. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I th- like you said, this, you know, this is also a bit of a discovery for both of us to figure out yeah. what it is and educate ourselves as to... Um, what it actually means, a bit of the science behind it, if we could figure that out. Yeah. Um, so, um, what do we say? Three million people in the UK have diabetes. Yeah, about three and a yeah. half million people. And then 10% of that 
has uh, Type yeah. 1, which yeah. is my club. Um, it's your club, yeah. So Type 1, basically, it's where um, your pancreas no longer produces insulin. Um, simple as that. So uh, real <laughs> in real life, that means that I have to carry around nice little insulin pens, um, which I have with me on the table. And I know this is an audio podcast, but it's good to uh, have some... Ooh. Look at that, it's an orange, <laughs> orange pen. Um, so I carry these around with me everywhere, um, which can be a pain in the ass when it's this kind of weather because you don't really want to carry a bag. Yeah. Funny enough, I used to always wonder why you carried a bag. I never, yes. I never knew this. Well, last year or so. Yeah. Yeah, um, so these are great. Um, basically, these are just pens which are, um, contain insulin. So I carry these around and then whenever I eat anything, I have to basically work out how many carbs I've eaten. Mm. So the grams. And then that corresponds to how much insulin you inject. So okay. um, if I eat a... Uh, so what's the, the math then? So it's like so, yeah. thousand... thousand uh, so it'd be effectively a slice of bread has around um, 25 grams of carbs in it, okay. typically white bread. Um, so I'd then inject, um, depending on my glucose, blood glucose level, I'd probably inject uh, two or three units of... Um, okay. insulin um, some diabetics their ratio is different so yeah, yeah, for me yeah, every 10 yeah. grams um, of carbs I inject one unit of insulin so for every 10 grams yeah uh, okay okay so uh, yeah I carry these around whenever I eat I just basically work out what I need to inject um, I have disposable needles which basically slide onto the pen and then you make this noise work out how many units you need and press it and then and it goes do you remember when I first saw them in your fridge no thought they were permanent marker pens. <laughs> I do often wonder what my housemate thinks about them mm. in my fridge because I've got quite a few in there. Um, yeah, so when you're not using them... Um, I don't know why you'd put my permanent marker pens in a fridge, but <laughs> I think that was my query. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when you're not using them, they have to be stored in the fridge to keep the instant fresh. Mm. Um, and then also on top of that, I also carry around a uh, blood glucose testing kit thing. So um, what that basically involves is um, pricking your finger with this little thing. Um, that basically makes your finger bleed ever so slightly. Um, you then use a test strip and it works out how much glucose is in your blood. Um, if it's too high, that's basically what it's like before you get diagnosed and it's horrific. Mm. Um, if it's too low, um, which is one of the risks of having type one, you can slip into a diabetic coma and die. So it's important to get number one, your insulin levels right. And also make sure your blood glucose is in a good place. Um, fun fact, Theresa May has type one diabetes. And does she? Okay. She does indeed. And um, a lot of people learn about that because she has um, a little thing on her arm, like a white thing, um, which is a monitoring gizmo, which um, mm. basically means you can tap your phone to it and work out what your uh, blood glucose level is. Now, okay. that's fantastic, but it's 80 quid a month. Yeah, it's because you, you've had one. I had it recently. I can't afford it at yeah. the minute, so I haven't got it. Um, but yeah, it's 80 quid a month. In some parts of the UK, you can get it on the NHS. Yeah. I unfortunately can't at the moment. That's one of... We'll get to that later. Okay. Um, one of the many issues I have with having type one, um, but at least we're not in the US where you're effectively completely priced out of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that's basically what it looks like day to day, kind of walking around, carrying all that nonsense with me. Um, yeah. You know, having to remember it. I've forgotten it a few times after. So I've have been, you been late to work a few times in the past year? Okay. Um, okay. And then yeah, so you've got to carry that around and just constantly testing really. Um, so it's a bit of a pain in the ass, but as we're about to talk about, at least I'm alive. <laughs> yes, that is the most important thing. Absolutely. So, um, okay, so I'm going to be, um, I, I don't, I said before, I was like an ignorant friend, obviously not been ignorant within this. I obviously knew I had diabetes for a while. Mm. I think when we said we were going to talk about uh, diabetes in general and what you have uh, and how you're dealing with it, um, 
it was really interesting for me to think back to when it happened yeah. and kind of how we spoke about it because we really didn't speak about it and I, I said to you before I went back and looked at the text messages that we'd, <laughs> yeah. that we'd sent or sorry that you'd sent to me yeah. um, and I'm, I'm, I won't read them out now because there's quite a few of them but it was really interesting to see uh, the it, it really didn't feel like it was an issue or that you went through something that was very traumatic or it's how serious it was yeah because yeah. your messages were very much like um oh, I've got to carry needles and shit now with me. Ha <laughs> ha. And that was it. And I was like, okay, so, but you're okay? And you're like, yeah, fine, I'm, I'm good. Like, it was really not much of a comment. But actually back then we weren't that close. So I think maybe now it would have been a different conversation. But I'll tell you the people I was close with, the conversation was similar. Really, really. So much that I think that um, I maybe set the tone a bit too laughy and jokey about it. Well, that's you anyway. That's your... Uh, yeah, but I would say there's one of my friends in particular who make so many jokes about it that it's not even funny and it's really pissing oh, really? me off at this point, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. To which, to be honest, I, um, yeah, it's like, I, I, constant jokes about it, Mars bar jokes and shit like that. It's just like, it's not. <sighs> okay, well, okay. That's the ignorant one then because I haven't done that. It's just more like, yeah, I th- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it's okay. more like, I don't know, because I've been a bit jokey about it myself and a bit lighthearted about it because this is going to be the weird thing for everyone. As serious as it is and as fucking life changes is, I've never really been we'll get into this, but I've never sat down and really got upset about it yeah, yeah, and upset yeah. about what happened Yeah, and thought, oh my God, this has changed my life. And I've listened to podcasts recently with other people that have been diagnosed and, you know, they've, they've you know, entered into slight depression because of it and had mm. real like issues coming to terms with the fact that, you know, you could lose a foot when you're older or you go blind because of all this or, yeah, you know, yeah, you quite slip a lot into of- a diabetic coma or, you know, you can really damage your blood, you know, so many issues and stuff can come, come of having type one. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot of things I didn't realise, actually. I accept that can happen. I know that could yeah. happen. But I'm like, you know what? Life's too precious. Um, yeah. Well, anyway. what was... Um, so going back before this... Let, let's start with historically. Yeah, before probably, you were diagnosed yeah, as diabetic. Yeah, let's start before. Let's um, maybe work our way back yeah, up. So type 1 is uh, not a lifestyle. Um, no. Not linked to your lifestyle. Type 2 is. So yeah. type 2 is linked to your lifestyle in terms of... Uh, your diet, your health, your uh-huh. kind of um, your daily routines and stuff. Yeah. Um, and essentially, what I'll mention what diet type two is now, from what I could understand. Yes. So, obviously, your body, uh, you eat food. Your body breaks your food down into different um, groups of chemicals and nutrients. So it's obviously glucose, uh, fiber, uh, sugars. Sorry, etc. Um, etc. Et all the different food types. Uh, obviously, you need glucose for energy. So. Uh, your um, body needs to absorb that glucose into your bloodstream and into mm-hmm. blood cells and so on. Um, what your insulin does, which is obviously from the pancreas, uh, your insulin acts as like a key. Key to the, the door. Cell. Best way to yeah. describe it, yeah. Um, so your pancreas cre- uh, creates insulin. Mm-hmm. Your uh, body breaks down the food into glucose. Mm-hmm. And then your the insulin, like I say, acts as the key to get the glucose into your blood cells. Finger. I think I've got that right. Uh, the glucose is already in your blood. So the, the insulin blood, but, takes yeah. the uh, glucose and converts it into energy and also fat. Okay. So uh, in type one, you don't produce insulin. Yeah. Your in, pancreas doesn't work. Yeah. And in type two, it still does uh, produce insulin, but it's either not enough or it's uh, not effective. Bingo. So that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Okay. So type two can uh, happen at different times in your life. Um, as I guess type one can as well, obviously with yeah. the situation. But yeah. um, 
and it's important to maybe say as well, type 2 kind of ha- has the, because it's the more common form of diabetes. Yeah. In my opinion, they should have different names because they're not similar really at all in terms no, of how they no. come about or what, what's actually happened to you. Yeah, type um, 1, type 2 really... Well, type 1's an autoimmune disease. Yeah, so exactly. it's like, Well, that's what I was going to say. So this wasn't, li- wasn't linked to your lifestyle before. Nope, f- uh, not my fault at happened. all. So before you were diagnosed, mm-hmm. what, was, what was your, let's say, the two or three weeks before this happened, yeah. what was your lifestyle like then? Even though it wasn't a lifestyle thing. You know what, what, mate? what were you? How were you acting at the time? I think we should even go probably a year before. Because that's when the symptoms would have really started. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, um, this is going to be interesting if anyone's listening that's got type 1, because they'll <laughs> maybe think we're doing a terrible job of talking about this. I, I don't know. But what I'm about to describe is going to ring, you know, bring back memories for a lot of people that, that have it. Um, incredibly thirsty all the time. Um, feeling weird a lot of the time. Yeah. Tired. Um, headaches. Uh Losing lots of weight very fast in areas you wouldn't typically lose weight if you were dieting. Where did you lose the weight? Everywhere. Oh, okay, so literally all over. Yeah. You wasted away basically. Uh, yeah. So obviously because you're, um, have you heard of the keto diet? Vaguely, yeah. There's not okay. many diets I know much about. Yeah. So the keto yeah. diet effectively is where you almost kind of not stop consuming carbs but you basically remove carbs from your from your okay. diet so what happens is your body looks at um fat storage yeah. um to produce energy um so what happened to me is and again i know we've said we'll get in we've said this 50 times i oh, will get into that in a minute but we are gonna get into it in a minute um let's make sure we get into it in yeah a <laughs> basically when you're not diagnosed and you're not producing insulin, your body uses the fat because effectively the key is not opening the door yeah. so your glucose can't be you can't, the carbs you're eating aren't going anywhere they're just staying in your bloodstream as yeah. glucose so they're not going into energy not going to fat so your body's looking to find this stuff from somewhere so it's taking it from fat mm-hmm. so yeah. that's basically why keto diets are really really good if you want to lose weight yeah, um, yeah. provided you do it in the right way exactly but in my case I had no choice my body was just looking everywhere for fat so you basically mm. start losing weight in loads of places yeah so, but you'd, ne- but you'd never had this problem before up until let's say a year before. I lost a lot of weight, but I think that's because I came off the back of a relationship. I was miserable oh, okay, and also okay. just had a massive lifestyle change overnight. So I lost okay. a bit of weight that way. I think the two kind of were at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I yeah. was like super, super skinny at one point. Because from um, what I, I may be wrong in this, but there's no one cause for type one to happen. No. Okay. It just happens, I guess. Well, Again, I, I don't know. Yeah. I might, again, someone might be listening. To what's going on about? But yeah, there may be some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all I know is that my pancreas, God bless it, just snuffed okay. it. So for that, so for that year, you were losing weight. Yeah. Really thirsty. Um, toilet all the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, tiredness and yeah, all the symptoms. It's worth saying as well. Um, the pancreas just doesn't stop. It's a slow thing, so it yeah. can it would you know over time die. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like overnight it just stopped working for yeah. me. It was like it's obviously over the space for a year yeah. or so. It's so during that year, then did you have any indication that there was a problem, or did you just think nope. it was a, a maybe a cause of the stress of the relationship or whatever it was or um, work or whatever? It was? No. No, um, I think. Or were I, you concerned on the weight loss? No, because I wasn't eating bad, or good or bad. Sorry, I should say. Yeah. Like I was just kind of, I was just eating little bits. I, yeah. I don't know. It was weird. And I think, well, I think the thing is because I was drinking so much. Because that's one of the massive symptoms of, of um, type one pre-diagnosis. I was, you know how it is. If you drink loads, you're not necessarily hungry all the time. So I think that probably helped. Okay. So yeah. I think the two kind of were. 
running side by side. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing ever. No alarm bells, no nothing. No. Anyone ever um, question it with you? Nope. No. No. Um, doctors didn't bat an eyelid. Wow. You say that, I think at that point, fair enough. Um, I never really went. I don't think I've probably went to the doctors in that year or before that. And well, I had no need to ever go. So, yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah. so that was that was the year before you were diagnosed. Yes. Okay, so a few weeks before then, mm. I, I, if I remember rightly, you were drinking a hell of a lot. It was December, yeah, twenty seventeen. You, you, you had a really good December up until this point because you were. It was. It was. One, I think every yeah. night you were, or every night was a music <laughs> festival. Because yeah. remember, you invited us to. I think it was David Guetta. Was that the David, same time? Yeah, that yeah, was. That was, um, that was about two. No, that might be the end of November. But yeah, roughly. Yeah, it was yeah around that about same two or three. Weeks, yeah, 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 I remember, like every night yeah. there was a. I've got tickets for this. Do you fancy it? And it, it was, was a really a good band time. That I yeah. never liked. I think one of them was Kasabian as well. Possibly. Yeah. Um, excuse me, I'm going to cough. All good, um, yeah. I remember one of them was, was Kasabian, and I was like, Oh, it's not really my music, yeah. and blah blah blah. Um, there was always a gig, there was always a, yeah, um, yeah. A, a, a thing to go to, and I didn't really go to any of them and see uh, you. Which, but you know, like say you were you were very social at that time, so you're drinking a lot, you're yeah. I don't want to say partying, that's one way to like look at it. You're enjoying life for Christmas, it was a really good, you're enjoying life. a really good festive yeah. period, yeah. Um, and then. And then, well, I guess over to you, what happened? <laughs> yeah, so I basically had uh, three days on the trot where there was a lot of stuff happening. Um, I had my Christmas pie at my old, old job, um, which was always a good night. Um, and it was actually going to be the last one I had of that company because we all knew we were leaving um, shortly afterwards. So um, it had been planned as a good night. Um, that happened. It was great. The next day, I uh, jumped on the train with one of my friends, um, Scott. I me and him... Um, went to see Liam Gallagher in Brighton, which was uh, another... It wasn't actually that heavy in terms of drinking. Okay. But what happened there is I started to feel a bit dodgy at the gig and um, I really got a lot of pain in like my left ear. I was like, that's weird. And then Scott, God bless him, um, he doesn't really listen to this podcast, so don't worry. Okay. Um, but uh, he was shouting and singing quite loud. <laughs> and also it was a loud gig, man. It was good, just as I like it. Um and yeah, like my ear just felt really weird. And then I basically woke up on the Saturday and I just felt like quite dodgy and a bit ropey. Um, like I had a cold or something. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so then I basically thought I was going to be all right. Just thought it was cold. Um, I remember then FaceTiming my mum on the Sunday, I think, and saying to her, yeah, I feel a bit dodgy. I don't feel right at all. Um, and at this point I hadn't eaten in a day or so because I just mm. I felt really really weak and anyone that knows me like when I get a cold I'm fine in about a day I always, I've never really got ill for longer yeah. than two or days so I was like I'll be alright by Monday or Tuesday um, wake up on the Monday morning and just feel really really dodgy my ear is throbbing at this point um, it really hurts I feel really very disorientated I can't really stand up for some reason and mm. I'm really feeling very fatigued is probably the best way to describe it I feel really really dodgy um, I'm looking very, very skinny at this point, like pale as anything as well. Yeah. Um, again, just think it's cold or flu or whatever. Um, so that's Monday. So then, yeah, don't go to work, calling sick, um, feeling really, really dodgy. Um, I remember just basically spending the day in bed, falling asleep. I don't know, to be honest, I might have lost consciousness. I don't know. Mm. I think I, I'm not sure, really. Um, so you, so you live 
on your own at this point? Uh, yeah, Did you have housemates? I had two housemates, yeah, who just literally just moved in. Okay, um, yeah. but they were hardly there because they yeah. were just living London life. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you said to me they weren't there that weekend. I don't think they were. Yeah, again, I don't really remember, mate. To be honest, it's so hard to piece together little details of this, um, yeah. especially when you're not with it. Um, so yeah, I had like quite a interesting weekend, and then Monday, and then yeah, so basically Tuesday comes around. Um, my mum's on the phone to me a lot. She's like, "Look, go to the doctors, go to the doctors." I'm like, I can't stand up I literally st- I could only stand up for about a minute or two if that and I just want to f- throw up or fall over and pass right. out it was really really odd and I don't think God bless my parents they were kind of like look get off your ass and go to doctors I don't think they quite understood how bad it was they this think is, you were being a bit of a hypochondriac I'm, I'm not sure to answer that would be for them to answer but I got I remember getting frustrated saying like I can't go to the fucking doctors like I remember getting quite frustrated like I can't stand up yeah so anyway, God bless my mum. She gets a doctor from around the corner to come around to the house. I'm like, yeah, I've got really bad throbbing pain in my ear and it was really, really hurting. Um, and yeah, I just don't feel good and I can't stand mm-hmm. up. And he's like, mm-hmm. okay. So he comes into my living room, checks me over and says, hey, you just got a cold or flu. You fine? Wow. Puts something down my ear, looks and all that. Yeah, hey, you're fine. You're all good. You're all good. You know, checks me over. You're fine. Okay, fine. I go back to bed. Um, try ordering a pizza, eat one bite and throw it back up. Can't eat. Um... I can't even remember if I could take down liquids. I don't don't think I could actually because remember what happens next. So uh, Wednesday rolls around. Um, Before you get to Wednesday, what did you think of that point then that it, that it might have been? Did you believe the doctor and think that must I be thought what I, it is? I honestly just thought I'd called a flu and I was just going to have to ride it out like always. Wow, okay. I remember thinking- Did you have flu symptoms like like cold and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'd like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I should probably be a bit more clearer. So I definitely had like, I had, I, well, I know I had cold, well, I think I actually had the flu is what they actually said. Right, okay. And, um, we had, we'll get to it in a second, um, but yeah, problems in my ear as well. Okay. And that, that, that was what happened. Um, so we get to Wednesday. Um, I'm just fucking passing out every 10 minutes now at this point and just like not feeling good at all. Um, at this point, I start to hallucinate. So I start to see weird things, um, which starts to freak me out a bit. Mm. Um, the day passes by. Um, and then my dad and my sister, again, bless them. Um, they say enough is enough. We're coming out to get you. Yeah. Um, get yourself off work. We'll pack up your stuff because it's like a week before Christmas. So it's, they're like, we're just going to get you. Yeah. So they come and get me. Um, help pack up all my stuff. Um, I'm basically there lying in bed. Like, I, rem- I don't know how I remember it, but I vaguely remember just telling them, yeah, grab that close. Just grab it. I'm just, I'm seeing weird things, like not feeling good at all. Just feeling the worst I've ever found in my life. Um, pack up the bags. They put me in the back of the car. I'm feeling really sick. I feel sick, but I've not eaten anything in about three days at this mm. point. I haven't really drank anything because I'm just throwing it straight up. And you know when you have like liquidy sick where there's nothing there, but just yeah, liquid yeah. is vile. It's horrible. Um, so I'm feeling really, really rough. Um, I'm on the way back home. Basically get me back home um, in our little village in rugby. Um, so I'm basically sat in bed. Um, I just remember mom and dad being like really quite concerned like he's definitely not well but everyone's still thinking it's just really bad flu yeah, yeah. so I'm on the pills whatever how, how, how far is rugby from London two hour drive two and a half hour maybe okay. might, might got that wrong but I think it's about that um, so I'm just in bed feeling dodgy um, and then the next thing I remember it's about two or three o'clock in the morning I start throwing up blood <laughs> wow um, yeah and at first I thought I think my parents were saying thought it was like Ribena or something because they'd made me a drink but I hadn't touched it because I couldn't Okay. Um, or it was just like bodily fluids or something. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was blood. I remember looking like blood. Um, 
And yeah, next thing I know, my sister's like, yeah, I think this isn't okay. I think she came to my room first. And then uh, they call an ambulance to come out. Um, well, I call 999 and they're like, yeah, I think we need to send an ambulance out to, mm. to, to your house. Um, the ambulance comes by. Uh, I'm basically sat there in my bed, half naked. I'm like, this is just brilliant. Um, is that the first thing on your mind? <laughs> oh no, let's see what I've got on. There's, there's a few things I thought at that point, actually, which were odd. Um, up to this point, I've been hallucinating like crazy. So yeah. I've been seeing really fucked up weird things which has never happened to me again in my life. It's what I can imagine doing the weirdest drugs ever would be like, but in a dark way. Because I, I was like seeing, like actually physically seeing things. Yeah, it was very, yeah. very odd. I'm not going to share some things because they're so fucked up, but like I've told some of my family, some of it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, some of it's yeah. really fucked up. Um, yeah, I don't even, I, I sh- mm, there's no point sharing. No. It's too fucked up. Um, so yeah, the, the, the ambulance comes, they're like, look, he's, um, in ketoacetosis, which is where um, your body is consuming itself yeah. at a rate that's quicker than that higher than it should be. Yeah. So your body's eat. We spoke well, about especially it. You've had no food. Or had no food. So your body's yeah. eating the fat, but there's not enough fat left. Really, yeah, is, yeah. is basically what's happening. So you're really doing yourself fucking damage at this point. Um, you, when you're on a keto diet, you go into ketoacetosis. That's the process of the body starting to eat itself. But this yeah, is, but in a controlled way. But, you, but yeah. there's basically levels to it. So you can test, anyone can test their blood right now and it'll tell you what your level is. I think okay. my memory's rusty on this because I haven't checked in a while because I don't really need to. Um, but I think healthy level's like 0.2 or 0.3%. Um, and this is where we knew there was a problem. Um, basically, you, not to sound too dramatic, but you basically, death starts to occur at around four or five. I, if memory serves, mine was around six. So fucking hell. So wow. at this point, things aren't fucking looking good. So um, this is where my memory kind of, or I don't really remember much from here onwards. So from what I've discussed with my parents, my family, and my, my sister, etc., um, I'm taken into hospital, um, and they basically diagnose me there and then as like, yeah, it's pretty pretty certain he's got type one diabetes, um, and then I'm basically treated in hospital. Um, and they're basically trying to get my body out of ketoacetosis and trying to stabilize that side of things. Mm. Then also trying to bring my blood glucose down because it's obviously not where it's meant to be. Or it's not yeah. correct because I've had all this shit in my body for however long because there's been no insulin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm on drips, insulin coming in, um, yada, yada, yada. Same time, um, I burst my eardrum, it finds out, I find out. So my left eardrum was fucked, burst, okay. which is a horrific experience by the way because you're completely deaf in that ear. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. throws you off. Uh, had an ear infection. Burst my eardrum, had the flu, and been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So all this going on at once in a hospital bed. Um, wow. So yeah, I was um, admitted to Walsgrave Hospital in Coventry. I um, was there for a little bit. Um, basically got to Christmas Eve, and I went, yeah, I'm done with this. <laughs> and the doctor wanted me to stay. I went, no, I'm, I'm done. So they discharged me, and uh, yeah. Wow! For, for, not, first not, of all, wow. Yeah, not to skim over that to yeah. be honest, but there's a lot. Well, I'm going to go back and ask you some questions. Yeah, as much as like again, the reason I've skimmed over that last little bit is because I don't really remember much in hospital. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, ask me questions, man. Go ahead, buddy. Go on. Um, well, to be honest, I was more going to ask about kind of. Um, Did I do a good job in explaining that? Do you think if that's the experience you had, then it's it's yeah. the only job you could have? So yeah, I guess so. Yeah. No. Yeah. Great job. I I completely understand. I think there's still, um, you know, the fact that you said about 
you were past the limits t- uh, in terms of where death potentially starts. That's mm. quite a scary sentence to say. And you notice I've never, I never really say it like that either. I always say, oh, you nearly oh. snuffed it from it or something like that. Yeah. Oh, well, like I say, remember when the messages we sent mm. um, when it, well, at the end of this, just after you discharge yourself, there was no re- real, I don't know if it's just, you've either blocked it out or you, I don't know. I don't know what it is. So what I'm I've, just surprised that uh, even up until yeah. now, what I that found, could that could have a harmful impact on a lot of people's mental health or anxiety or it life does at, in general. It does at times. Yeah, yeah. It does at times. Um, what were your family like at the time? You know, when you were in hospital, how long were you there for, and what were were they there every day with you? Should we get my mum on? I would love to yeah. get your mum and talk to you about it. Give me a sec. Okay, so the phone's ringing. Hello, mother. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. You've not been on it since we originally piloted. I was your first original guest. And the best one yet. Thanks. <laughs> no, no, no offence to Michelle or Chris if they're listening. Yeah, they're, Michelle they're, was right funny though. She was really funny. Yeah, she was. Um, All of our guests have been the best. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like Bruce Forsyth. You're all our favourites. <laughs> um, so, mum, I've basically got you on to um, kind of answer Michael's questions really because... Um, We've had a really good chat so far about what kind of happened. And we've come to the point where um, basically I've been um, taken... It's probably good for us to go back to maybe when the ambulance kind of came and let's get your perspective on it because I was so out of it in terms of being ill at that point and then later on on medication and shit. So Yeah, what did, what did you guys all think it was? Because obviously I think Owen was originally diagnosed with maybe a flu. Uh, well, it, it's kind of, um, to be fair, the, the whole week was pretty stupid um, from the point that I had to beg a doctor to go and see him, which is a whole different story, but that was just awful. Um, yeah, he had blood coming out of his ear. Um, and so we kind of thought he just got um, an ear infection mm. um, or he'd got really severe flu. Um, which, which, I mean, is, I, which I did have. It's important to say that is what happened. Oh, you yeah. did have. Yeah, yeah you, you you had really bad flu. Um, yeah. And you, you, I mean, you had a perforated eardrum. That's why it was bleeding. Um, Busted, but then, didn't I? <laughs> do you remember coming home, Owen? I, well, we just got over that. I was just saying, I remember being in the car and obviously the hallucinations and all that stuff. Um, yeah. I remember nodding off. As, to my, as I've said to Mike, I think I was kind of probably passing out more than anything every 10 yeah. minutes or so. Um, you were hallucinating quite a lot. Yeah. Had you seen Owen much before this happened, like in the year or up to it? Because he said he he'd, um, had quite a lot of weight loss. Two weeks beforehand. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, of this, course, yeah. Of course. Yeah, literally two weeks beforehand, we had um, yeah. we every every year we descend on London Town, and we go um, and play in Selfridges um, and all that kind of stuff uh, for Christmas. Oh, okay. And so we'd actually we'd been down uh, two weeks before this had happened, so we'd had our um, time playing in Selfridges and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and I've got photos of Owen. He was very very skinny. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but we, it was all fine. It, it, it was all fine. Yeah. So it's more. So weight loss was was just weight loss then at that point really to to yep. anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. it was just a case of um, 
as Owen put it, he was in sample size. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, That's the you dream know, for when you work in fashion. That is a dream. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, he, he did all right. He was in sample size, um, and that was all he was bothered about, really. Wish I still was. I really do. Yeah. He's not now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so all was good, and then, um, like I say, then the a week after that, um, you started getting ill, sort of on the Monday, um, and then the week just got progressively yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah, because I kind of worked out from the Sunday night. Cause I remember calling you on Sunday night That's and telling right. you I felt a bit dodgy, um, and then Monday, yeah, I really felt bad. Yeah. Because, I mean, I felt awful because on the Monday I was taking the mick out of you some at Rotten saying that you were a wimp because you'd had a heavy weekend um, and that I thought he was just hungover um, and that he'd got a bit of a man flu, you know? <laughs> yeah, do you know what I said, I said to him before? It, it's probably, people probably would look at him and think he's probably been a bit of a hypochondriac. Yeah. Oh, you know, after a heavy book, couple of days drinking, you would Can you imagine that. how I felt at the end of the week? But the thing is, <laughs> oh, course, that, well, my yeah. thing is, is, like you probably both know, I'm not a hypochondriac at all. I could quite easily write off illnesses. I'm like, because as I was saying to Michael earlier, I'm like, I only ever get ill for like a day or two, don't I? So. No, I, you're very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm never normally sick for longer mm. than a f- two days tops. If I yeah, get cold, yeah. two days done. I'm a, I'm a great, you know, employee because I'm only off. Yeah, I'm, a lot of time, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't even really go off work when I've yeah, got a cold. Yeah. So what, no, what, you, you normally just take a few pills and go on with it, don't you? To be honest, you're much. very good in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it like at the hospital then, when Owen was was basically not really aware of what's going on himself? What was it like for you? Terrifying. Um, so Owen got home um, here, and literally he fell out of the car, um, and he was just. He just fell into my arms, basically. He just sort of collapsed. So we managed to get him upstairs to bed. um, And he was literally aching from head to toe. Um, He couldn't get comfortable. Um, He was kind of... He was leaning on the wall because his ear hurt so much. Um, But he was in so much pain just from sitting, you know. Um, And then... So me and Megan um, and Andy, we all sort of took it in terms sitting with sitting with him um, because we were so scared, really. And then it was about one o'clock in the morning um, and Megan shouted me um, and I ran in and it looked like somebody had spilt um, Ribena all over the floor. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> and, and this was Owen vomiting blood. Um, so anyway, the ambulance came and they kind of, you know, said, oh, we've got to take him in. So we went in, so we went by blue light into... Um, Walsgrave Hospital and I work at the hospital and I've been around hospitals quite a bit so the terminology they used with me sort of like hit me hard um, Mm. because when they say that somebody's very poorly you know that that means that they're really really ill Um, but they took me through the hospital and they sent me straight to the family room now the family room is a place that you don't go unless something awful is happening yeah yeah you know, and so because I went there, I knew that I was in real trouble. And because me and Andy and had thought it was only a cold, Andy had stayed at home. So I was on my own um, in this family room, absolutely terrified. And is that normally um, where they go to give counselling and things for, for certain situations? That, to be honest, Michael, that's normally where they go to tell you very bad news. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and so I knew sitting in that room that something awful had happened, was happening but I didn't know what. And then um, when they came to call me, they sort of said, oh, we'd taken him straight into recess. Now, resuscitation is um, 
a place where you go where you are really poorly and you're linked up to machines um and so as soon as i said resource i was like oh my god what is going on um and then they came to get me and so we went through and i've never seen anything like it he'd got more monitors than i've ever seen um he was hooked up to so many different drips he was um hypothermic internally but yet sweating externally oh wow um so he had um all these they they were heating up these blankets to wrap them up in these blankets i remember that actually a little bit yeah actually i remember one of one of the few moments i came around i remember that thinking it was a bit odd yeah, it was it yeah. was really really strange. Um, so they were trying to heat him up, but then cool him down at the same time. It was really peculiar. Yeah. Um, and then sort of behind his head was sort of like the size of a massive TV, this screen, and that was measuring all of his organs and everything was happening. His you know his heart and all that sort of stuff. Um, and bless him, he just looked so tiny. <laughs> he was in this hospital bed and and. To me, as a mother, he looked four years old again. Well, it's quite odd as well, because I saw him six foot four guy, you know, yeah. quite a large gentleman <laughs> in terms of, you know, size. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I, I looked really frail and skinny and, well, very yeah, ill, it turned out. Pale. Your skin, your skin was more or less translucent. Yeah. It was, you know, because because you were so ill, yeah. um, your skin had gone all funny. And because of this infection that you got, you couldn't breathe. And mm. so every word was like this, you know, it was, you were panting. Actually, I remember that, yeah. I remember not knowing how to talk for a while. Actually, yeah, yeah. shit, it's, I've never even thought about this. Yeah, that was actually odd. I remember not being able to, literally not being able to talk. Mm. So in, no. I remember in the hostel, they were asking me questions like, I can't talk. Wow. No, they and they were because they had to keep sort of. I think this was because of your mental state. That's so I weird. I actually can't believe I totally forgot about that. Yeah, there was actual points where yeah. I, I think it was for about a day or so, wasn't it? I couldn't actually talk. No, well, when they when you first went in, because they had wow, to keep an, keep an eye on your vital signs. Yeah. They were asking you questions, but you couldn't get your breath to be able to answer them. So, but you were panting. Everything was like it was a pant. Mm. Um. So that yes, so. And then we had we had two doctors and two nurses, um, and they never left your side for no. about four hours while they were monitoring everything. Mm. Um, but then when they told me that it was urine DKA, and I was like, "Yeah, what's that?" And they were saying, "Oh, because of his diabetes." Yeah, I explained. So um, that's ketoacidosis, the whole thing. Where the um, I explained to, to everyone listening, um, the reading was obviously. I can't remember what it was, but um, I said, you know, at five is where it's, you know, considered deaths to start to occur and six is basically where I was at. So I was higher than it should have been. Um, well, I was six points higher than it should have been. Healthy is 0.3. I was on six. Death occurs at five. That's, that's the fact. Wow. Well, th- this is the fact. Okay. And this might shock you actually, because I've Go written on. it down. So your blood sugar was at 22.7. That's that's different. That's glucose, isn't it? That's different. Yeah. But your ketones were 12. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. 12. So it's even worse than I remember. 12. And when well, does, and death occurs at five, right? Five. Well, well yeah. let me ask, can I, I hope you don't mind me asking this question, but how, and this is for the both of you, like how close were you, Owen, to dying? Honestly, I still don't know. I've been told by, and I remember going to see a GP a month after, when it's a miracle of modern science that you're still alive. And even then I was like, oh, so it's, it's a question for mum to answer, to be honest. They basically told us, Michael, that if we hadn't have got him, he'd have been dead by the morning. By the morning? Wow. So there you go. It's crazy. Yeah. 
and also because his because the um the ketoacidosis what happens is your um body starts to eat itself mm. yeah I, I explained all that everyone yeah. oh have you yeah, I've been yeah. That. yeah so yeah, yeah. basically his organs were failing yeah yeah um because you know everything was because he was eating himself from the inside out sort of thing yeah um so his organs were failing um and so yeah the, the i mean because when the doctor he, he kind of held my hand and he was like you know he's very very poorly and i was like okay and then i was like how poorly and he was like if you hadn't have got him he mm. wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been with you in the morning yeah how, I mean, how, how do you prepare for that how do you oh, prepare terrifying. for that conversation sorry how do you kind of prepare or react to that conversation you're numb from you're just totally numb totally numb because i, I yeah. mean i'd i'd lost my mum and dad in 2013 um and so my family have always been very precious to me but because i'd lost my mum and dad they're even more precious yeah um and the thought i mean i idolize my kids you know i i really do they can do nothing wrong really um but the thought of losing one of my children is just like nah it, it was absolutely gut-wrenching and and to be honest even though i'm talking to you about it now i feel physically sick yeah, yeah. It's still the most emotional thing that I've ever had to deal with, and I never want to deal with it again. And this is a something separate, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning this one. But like, um, my mum lost her brother very young, um, and my nan obviously lost her son. So yeah. my mum's seen a parent lose a child firsthand, and it's something that. So I was born after it happened, but mm. it's something that's always around the family, and it's a constant like thing that's there it's like someone should be here and someone is meant to be here yeah, yeah. so that from my perspective I, I can see it's like it destroys the family and it never leaves the family so yeah, yeah. the fact that that could have happened is something that makes me fucking the fact that like you know yeah. your uncle my, my brother was 28 when he died yeah um, and then here we were with Owen you know and you're just like at 25 and you're just like oh my god yeah Crazy. you know and it's just like nah it was it was absolutely horrific. Wow. Um, but I mean, I have to say, you know, I mean, the hospital while he was in recess were amazing. They were. They were. They were absolutely amazing. Um, there were, nothing was too much trouble. They looked after me. Um, and like I say, you had two doctors, you had two yeah. nurses. You know, um, they were just amazing. Yeah. No, they were. They were at that point. <laughs> yeah. They were. They were. It all goes wrong when you go on a ward, but yeah. Know, yeah. Well, it's good to know you. It's good to know you've gone from a position of complete like helplessness. You can't do anything to 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 change your own situation. But then, you know, to see the the back end of that and get to the point where okay, he discharged himself from hospital. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, well, I said I was leaving. Oh, you said you leaving. Okay. <laughs> but I guess that 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 what how long was that period between uh mum I was in for about five days four days yeah it was on day four um but this was christmas eve yeah okay um, i wanted to be home for christmas basically i was sick of being yeah, yeah yeah and the doctor came round. it was hilarious michael the doctor came round, and he kind of said to her and you know oh i need you to stay in for another day while you get used to everything well Owen's face I didn't know whether he was going to smack him in the face or he was going to burst into tears I think I've seen um, that face before actually <laughs> yeah. and the doctor um, the doctor yeah. just walked off and I could see him at the nurse's station and I was like oh my and then he came back in again and went look Owen you know if you can do this 
um, then we'll let you out. Well, now I still see this consultant on a regular basis um, yeah. for my daughter, um, and he still talks about it. He still laughs about it now. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, so because I was in at Christmas, the hospitals were kind of like it was a skeleton kind of crew thing going on. So. Yeah. There wasn't it wasn't like a full operation so i was lumped in with a lot of other people that weren't going through similar things um not to sound disrespectful though there was older people in the room that were nearing the end of their life it wasn't it fucking stunk um it wasn't a healthy mm. environment to be in um i couldn't sleep um my ear was still driving me up the swanee i had the flu still um Oh, so you're still battling those two things at the same time? Oh, yeah, time. yeah. yeah. Oh, this yeah. is why this this is why he, what happened to me was bad. But then add these other things on top. I was going to say, so those two things potentially could have contributed to. Well, yeah. So I think you know the whole ketoacidosis and all that stuff going on and being diagnosed, and then it's probably made those other two things ten times worse: the ear infection and the flu. Yeah, um, yeah, because you can't fight anything. And also, you're just so disoriented. Like when you lose one of your ears, you're just so disoriented. Like. And the annoying thing is, what, when I got diagnosed, they were coming around and having really serious conversations about what this means. Mm. I couldn't hear them. I had, I had no idea what was going on. Like it was all, it was all very overwhelming, though, wasn't it? Because it was information overload. Well, if you think about it, you definitely want it, and then when you got the flu or cold anyway, your ears are yeah. a bit closed yeah. up anyway. Yeah. So it was like, can, can I ask you a question off the back of when, when obviously you came out to hospital? Then mm. how did it change, or did it change in a, in any way, kind of your relationship as a family? Um. We've always been really close. Yeah, um, yeah. We have always been a really close unit. Um, I think my husband went into overpowering daddy protective mode. Without um, without Googling the facts, I might add. Yes, yeah, bless his heart. Um, I don't need we no Google. <laughs> we tried to do our best, it was wrong, but we didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Um, but he just went into hyper-protective mode. But yeah. I don't think it affected our relationship. Um, I don't think... As a unit, we could love each other more than we do already, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it was just it was just a really, really hard time. It, it was very, very scary. And I mean, for all this time that Owen was in hospital, he's still hooked up to all these machines. Yeah. You know, and like I was saying to him the other week, it was like, because they, they were giving him insulin to bring his sugar down, but at the same time, they were giving him glucose yeah. to raise it. Because he, he was, at, you know, risk of having a heart attack and stuff. So and also, I was saying, really to, saying to Michael at that point, I probably hadn't eaten in about a week. I think it was. No. So, and that body was like literally running yeah, on empty. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah. The, the, then, my God, when you started eating, did you eat? Jeez. <laughs> and he hasn't stopped since. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was weird because then when I came out of hospital, I was off work then for about two months. I was just back home, yeah. so I wasn't even in yeah. London. Um, so when I talk about on the podcast when I'm not in London that's basically what I refer to yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and that drove me insane but then the mental side of things coming back to London was fucked up I have to say yeah um, that was hard to deal with but it was horrendous for me leaving you I, I didn't yeah. you know like you've said on a previous podcast you know the day that you went to university I knew that was the day you were leaving home yeah and that was the day I knew you were never coming home but if there was ever a time I wanted you to come home, it was then. Yeah, yeah. You know, know, and I was so worried every time you didn't phone me for half an hour or whatever, you know. <laughs> I was like so paranoid, you yeah. know. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, my mum was the same when, when I left for university. She was exactly the same to me. She said that was the... She knew that I was never going to come back to yeah, Liverpool. Yeah. Even though I did for a bit after uni, but then yeah. she knew I was always going to want to kind it's of... It's weird, Michael, because like when Owen went, I knew that was it. 
um, and he was never going to come home. But when my daughter went to university, I wasn't the same because I knew she'd come home. I think the thing with me is because I had talked about it for such a long time and I'd always made it clear that I was going somewhere. London was decided maybe about three years before I moved here. Yeah. Um, when I used to come down on my own and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think I'm the kind of person, and my mum will vouch this, that when I set my mind on something or I want something to happen, mm. it's pretty much going to happen mm. or I'm going to yeah, go true. do it. Um Shame I don't feel that way enough. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the whole leaving home thing was all moving somewhere, London. Because I was, I was either going to move to Newcastle, London or Cardiff were the options. Okay. Um, but it, it was always going to be London, I'll be honest. <laughs> it's always number one. Yes, I think that, you know, London, she stole your heart from an, quite an early time, really, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that hopefully fills in some gaps. Wow. Yeah, well, can I, first of all, thank you for sharing and thank you for um, discussing all of the, um, the the information from when it happened, I think. Yeah, um, Yeah, I didn't realise how close that, that came to being, uh, I don't even want to say it, but being the end of... Nah. You, that's a weird way of saying it, but um, no, I get it, man. It's, it's, uh, a, it's a hard conversation to have. Let's be honest. Yeah, we're trying our best with this tonight. Yeah. But I think also, from like you said before, from yourself, you never really have maybe said it in the same way. We've just discussed it now in terms of how severe it was. Can I be honest? I feel as if it wasn't my time to go. So I knew I was going to be all right. I don't know, as weird yeah. as that sounds. Um, and also, I was blissfully unaware of everything because yeah. you were at your face. Yeah, Thank you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So many, well, they had me on like the strongest antibiotics they do and like all sorts. I was talking about, I don't know, I had all sorts going through me. Um, but you know what the oddest feeling is? I remember waking up, the first time I was actually with it was probably, well, as much as I could have been considering I was still bunged up with everything. It was maybe on like the Thursday or Friday. I remember waking yeah. up and just feeling like, I hate, it's way way to talk like clean for the first time in okay. months. Like, yeah. it's a really weird feeling. Um like yeah I just felt like it was almost like I could feel my blood circle around me and it was clean for the first time in a while and I felt fresh and I felt good for the first time in months yeah and I could feel the cold in the air and I could I just felt with it mm. for the first time in ages and that was such an odd it was it was like I don't know a very odd feeling very strange but pleasant strange mm. feeling I think you go through so many different emotions though don't you um, yeah. and it was such a confusing time as well and the fact that you know you had to then take on board that you have got this life changing condition um you know i mean there's so many people that don't take that kind of news very well it wasn't uh, they don't, yeah it was never they don't abide by their instructions and stuff and, and it doesn't do them very good but for me it was like it was never it ne- it's never you know what so i've often thought i've sat there at night sometimes and thought oh fuck i've got to do this the rest of my life mm. and at that point i'd expect myself to maybe like cry or feel sad about it I'm not asked, and as weird as that sounds, and maybe in two years I will have that moment where I get upset about it, or maybe in six months, or maybe next week. But this has never ever broken me. I've never got upset about it. Yeah. You know, there was there was only once when I think it probably about four weeks after all this happened, and we were yeah. watching a documentary. I don't know if you remember this, and we were watching a documentary about diabetes, um, and there was a young boy on there, and he was on an insulin pump. Um, and they were measuring his food and all this kind of stuff. And we were watching it and you were absolutely fine. Then all of a sudden you were like, well, this is my fucking life forever now. And went, you got really upset and that was it. 
Yeah. Maybe I've had that moment then. Maybe that's the moment. Maybe that was the moment, yeah. I don't even remember it. That was your moment. It's probably good to have that moment that early on. Yeah. I've even forgotten about it. Yeah, exactly. Didn't even remember that. Because I would. It must have been about four weeks afterwards. Yeah, so I was still really ill at that point, yeah. Yeah, and you were just like, well, this is my fucking life forever now. And and you got really upset. And then next morning, it was like nothing had happened. Yeah. But that was your moment to obviously be angry and upset. It was good. It was quite self-contained in the space of an hour or so then or or yeah. a night Decent. but you're very good at that anyway as a person yeah yeah okay. i've seen i've seen that on owen as well absolutely very good at being able to i think make a rational choice on how he should behave in a certain situation and <laughs> sometimes <laughs> well most situations but in terms of you know you know what your outlook is always quite positive i think i have to experience the negative and then i'm one of those people where once it's happened it will never happen with me again yeah i think that's probably what what it is so if i act irrationally it's, it's rarely been repeated i would say I, I but I think you, you're, you're you're very good with your emotions. You explode and then that's it. Yeah. You know, with all, with all situations when we've gone through grief or, or whatever, you know, it's always been the same. You have this moment where you explode. Yeah. Um, and then that's it. It's yeah. done. You know, you've always been you've always been like that. Um, but yeah, you had that moment. But since then, though, but there are so many people out there that rebel against the condition. Um, yeah, there's, there's and actually they make themselves so poorly. Yeah, there's actual like um, there's a condition for people that have diabetes that just pretend they don't have it and carry on as normal. Really? So they'll get diagnosed and just pretend, I can't remember what it's called, but they'll literally carry on their life as if they don't have it. It's, oh, it's wow. not that uncommon either. Is just, that just denial? Essentially, it's, I think that's in. The, it's actually got a name, but I think yeah. diet denial is in the title and yeah. the name. Yeah, and yeah. it's like are you, are you mental? What are you yeah. trying? You're trying to put well, yourself in an early grave. But that's where the where the there's a we read before again. There's a few myths around yeah. diabetes. I think that's probably sure, what some people are probably scared to to look into the detail of yeah. it. But actually, you know, you might ref, you might be able to reference this, but it doesn't really change your life in terms yeah. of jobs and prospects and career and your potential. Yeah, exactly. It's just that you have to make changes to your daily routine yeah. to be able to keep yourself healthy. That's but, and you know what it is actually quite not to play it down because we spoke at the start of the episode about what I have to do and carry around but it's mm. actually quite easy to manage I'll be honest with you if you just keep it t- ultimately it comes down to a few things manage your insulin manage your glucose manage your diet so, and, and accept that you have diabetes and accept it but I think that's yeah. you know that's what the first but first thing is it's, it's really easy to keep you know and as much as there is a risk of you know losing a leg losing your eyesight if you don't look after it and your glucose is too high just manage it and that, mm. those things won't happen. You can still live a very beautiful, healthy life. Mm. Um, so you just think that that would be the most um, driven, that's the thing that would drive you the most would be the fact that you don't want to lose a limb or you don't want to go blind. Well, you know me, I've been terrified my entire life of going blind. Exactly. That's one thing I never wanted to happen. I've, that's, yeah. see, we talk about fears in life. My fear is to go blind. I'm terrified of oh, that. really? I don't want to go blind. I don't know why I've been obsessed with that for all my life. insulin. Yeah. Simple as that, mate. It really is. And go for your it eye test. Your, yeah. It has been your worst, worst fear. Yeah. You know. I don't know why. But, for, but for people not to look after themselves um, and deliberately not do their insulin and, and all that kind of stuff, yeah, knowing odd. that that's what they're doing to themselves is very odd. Yeah. But again, we shouldn't play down what people go through. People deal oh, with no. these things in different mm. ways, you know. No, but actually the thing is, again, looking back to the website before for Diabetes UK, there's, there's um, a few sections on there around not just the actual disease itself, it's the mental part of it as yeah. well. So there's yeah. other ways to, think, to look at you know. um, how to handle themselves, how to change their behaviours, how to accept what's going yeah. on. So again, we said we'll reference the, the website, but yeah. uh, for those who, if anyone is listening and yeah. are in that situation, then there is another way to, to discuss it and yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Um, we're going to carry on because we've got a little bit more to talk about. Um, Alrighty. Mum, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so no much. No worries. All right. 
Bye bye. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. Oh, there she is. The true leader of Team Drive. She is a legend. She's incredible. That's the second time I've had her on now. It's almost like she's prepared. Yeah, my right arm is killing me from holding that phone on. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus she is brilliant. Yeah, second time she's been on. We she, need to get one again. Yeah, my mum's good to talk about this because she is so good at dealing. My mum's, you know, we spoke about it, but losing a brother or not, she's just so well equipped to deal yeah, with yeah. these situations and not lose her head. Yeah. Um, so I think what we should probably move on to now is what I have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that was then. Um, went back to work. Um, and then that's kind of been it since then really um, but I think a few things I want to share is like my first date I went on after being diagnosed that how bad that was mm. um, and then also um, just kind of the stuff I have to deal with with people's ignorance to it and yeah uh, that's definitely a question I really want to ask I want to know yeah. kind of what let's do that first then uh, go you know so it's a it's, diabetes itself is something that I'm one of them I didn't know a lot about this yeah uh, before um Literally before the episode actually started, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so I started reading into it. One of those th- reasons is because I'm I I've never I've never needed to. Yeah, you know I've I've, I've apart from yourself, I've never yeah, really yeah. been around anyone with diabetes. So would I need to read into it? Maybe not. And it's also not um, I think a disease that is talked about the most in the UK. There are other diseases. Yeah, cancer is obviously the one that course, is probably the most course, most course. obvious. Um, so I think the focus can sometimes be diverted to, to other things. Yeah. Uh, and at the minute, obviously, mental health being that yeah. other part as well. But diabetes has been there for obviously many years. Um, and, and a very, um, you know, it's like you say, one in 15 people in the UK have it. You know, it's a huge number. And even that's for type one. Yeah. But there must be still quite a lot of ignorance to it. So, the, yeah, the question I was going to ask you was, you know, how ignorant are people and what do they ask you? So I'm going to give some examples. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to do that to people because I do love them lots. People I mainly used to work with. Um, one of the first things I got asked, well, discussed when I got back to work. Yeah, you always did like cake, didn't you? That's no surprise. No, it's cool that my pancreas has died. I haven't got type 2, I've got type 1. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, that means you can't eat chocolate anymore. No, no, I can. So let me just settle this now. I can eat whatever I want. At the end of the day, I can eat what I want. If it's unhealthy or healthy, that's a separate conversation. But I can eat as much or as little as everyone else. So your diet it's not essentially... The, obviously, you could have a really unhealthy not, diet. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. It's not the best way to treat type 1 if you're eating an unhealthy diet because it's just going to make the instant control difficult mm. and erratic. Um, the best thing to do is go on a low-carb diet. But that's good for okay. anyone anyway. But, you know, you can eat what you... You essentially can have a balanced diet. Eat yeah. what you want. Exactly. And I can eat a, back, manage it. If you want to eat a packet of Maltesers, I can. Or a pack of a Monster Munch. Or a pack of a Monster Munch. I can, and I do. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you worked out how much insulin you need for a six-pack of Monster Munch? All I have to do is look at the back of the packet, and I know immediately. <laughs> you should know this by, by heart by now. I don't know. You know what? I only really hear Monster Munch when we record. <laughs> I, I don't even eat... <laughs> when I listen back to people's episodes, there's like six references to Monster Munch. <laughs> it's the greatest crisp of all time. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't really eat crisps either. If you look at... Well, you've been to my house. The fridge is normally quite healthy, to be honest. Um, it's normally empty. Same with mine, actually. Mine's yeah, just liquid. By the way, we're both quite conscious about our uh, environmental impact, etc. So I try not to waste food. I think it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it's all wrapped in bloody plastic. But hey, that's yeah. another episode. Okay. So, um, so diet doesn't really change? No, it doesn't. Well, it's... You've got to be conscious of it's it. It's good to have a low-carb yeah. diet, I'll be honest. Okay. But it's not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, doctors... Well, doctors told me, said yeah. that to me, actually, to be fair. So you can eat cake? I can eat cake. I've seen I, it. And I do. I know you can. And you know <laughs> and what? And you enjoy it. And I enjoy it. And my doctors say I'm absolutely smashing the old diabetes game, so I'm also doing something right. Smashing the diabetes game. Yep. 
Well, I, when I first was diagnosed, I used to have to go to hospital like every two months to kind of coach me and make sure everything was okay. Um, I saw my consultant in Waterloo and he went, look, I don't need to see you for another year now. He went, you're absolutely killing it. He went, your levels are all good. Because yeah. they basically take like an average reading of your blood glucose. Yeah. That was perfectly fine. I was absolutely smashing it. And he went, look, come back in a year. So I'm actually due to go see him in August now. Okay. Um, he's like, just crack on, off you go. He's taken into yeah. duck like, to a duck to water. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously doing something right. I've just taken it all in my stride. Really. I'm like, yeah. You have, you know, I can see that in you because yeah. it's, you know, when you um, inject, mm. whether it's in front of me or yeah, in the yeah, same yeah. room, you know, it's it's like, it's just like a part of the conversation. Yeah. Like <laughs> it just happens and yeah. I know it's there and yeah, I don't yeah. even look at it. Yeah. It's, I'm not like, ooh, let me see what you're sticking yeah. in your body. <laughs> you know, it's going to be interesting though because again, people listen to this who don't know I have this and don't have to, I do this, will be like, when's he ever done yeah. that? I'm like, so is it, how many times a day is it or is it just purely based on the diet it's whenever you eat yeah, um, okay. I have to do one every night um, which is something called Traceba which is like a background insulin okay. um, I do that every night that's one I have to do yeah. um, but then during the day I just uh, yeah do whatever I eat so probably on average maybe four or five times a day okay um it's all funded through the NHS my insulin pens and everything um, one of the amazing things about living in this country is you know I'm getting my money's worth at the NHS I have to say um, to make sure we keep it yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, just I, I'd prefer to be able to, you know, have the constant glucose monitor on me, which is 160 pounds a month. It's even better than the one I had the other week. Okay. Um, that's 160. I'd love to be able to get that because that basically sets alarms off. So it syncs up to your Apple Watch and it'll set an alarm off if your glucose is too high or low or yeah. if there's anything going on. You can go and you watch and it'll give you a reading straight away. So it's really, really cool. Great bit of kit. It's okay. like a big, it's like a battery pack on your arm. Yeah, it's a little yeah, bit bigger. Yeah. I'd love to be able to get that. Um, I'm fortunately just priced out of that at the moment. Um, I mean, hopefully in a few weeks we'll be in a different situation where <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll be rich again. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but I am going to start to look at making changes in terms of my outgoings to see if I can afford at least the 80 quid version. Because yeah, I think yeah. having now had it for a little bit. How, how big a difference will that make to your life? Uh, massive. Okay. Well, if think of this this way. I'm walking down the street. I'm about to eat a cake. I can tap my phone on my arm and work out what my level is and then inject the insulin once I've before I'm about to eat that cake. Mm. Right now, I'd have to stop, get out one, two, three pieces of kit, cut my finger open, put a test strip on it, put it into a machine, read it, write it down, work it out from there. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's more the, the simplicity yeah. of, the, of the process. Exactly. Yeah. I can check my blood, you know, glucose levels every five minutes if I wanted to with the app on the phone. Um, whereas I want to do it anyway, I've got to cut my finger open effectively yeah, yeah. and test it with the blood. Will, will those other monitors that you're talking about, will they be, and eventually become so available one, on the NHS? The one Theresa May has is, is available on the NHS. In, okay. in, you've got to have done certain things in certain areas. It's kind of like a postcode lottery, to be honest. It's really, right, okay. really bad, um, I have to say. Um, ultimately, I'm going to save the NHS money by being on these machines mm. and having these machines and having constant monitors. Okay. So... I don't know. Okay. But um, back to the kind of the ignorance yeah. side of what's, things. What's the next thing they ask you? Yeah, so like, uh, just to... Oh, you've you obviously eaten too much cake. Oh, can you still eat cake? Um, you know, uh, is it due to your bad diet? Um, anything you kind of think of that would be a silly question I've been asked. Yeah, I think if, if I... To the point where I don't tell people now about it because I can't be asked having the yeah. conversations. Oh, the, the classic... Do they feel sorry for you as well? Like pity um, conversations? Like, not oh, really. No. Are you okay? I'm not the kind of person people ever feel sorry for. <laughs> but I, one, yeah, one, one that flabbergasted me in my old job um, was... Um, does it make you moody? What? 
Yeah. It's only moody if you don't get cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a different <laughs> love to cake. Um, yeah, does it like affect your mood or ass or something? Really? What? Yeah, I actually forgot. Uh, an ex-colleague of mine reminded me about that. I actually forgot to go ask that. But the person that asked it was a bit ignorant in general anyway, so... <laughs> Um, I'm, I, I, ages ago, I'm talking years ago yeah. when I was younger, I remember, um, it's just popped into my head now, there was a storyline, I think, on a, on a TV show, I can't think what it was, and I was sitting next to someone, and the person on the, on the TV show had diabetes, didn't yeah, have yeah, yeah. insulin, and, and someone was, was having some symptoms of it. Mm. And I remember the person, for some reason, I don't know why I remember this, saying something like, oh, they should just eat a Mars bar. Or just yeah, eat something. Yeah. But that, from what I'm it's learning, it's a weird joke which I don't doesn't actually really yeah, do anything because your body still can't yeah. use it. And as I said, I've got a friend that makes jokes about that, and I laugh along with it. It really, really, really pisses me off because yeah. it's not funny for a start. Because I think the assumption is you have diabetes, therefore yeah. you. I think people think you don't have enough sugar. Yeah. In your body. Yeah, which can be the case if you've injected too much insulin or your insulin yeah. levels high, and yeah. it, you know you need to. It's, you're going to put yourself in a diabetic coma if you don't have enough. Blood glucose in the blood, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's an in, it's the insulin that's the issue that you can't break it down. Don't produce insulin, yeah. 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 So we're manually injecting insulin and manually, yeah. you know, producing insulin effectively. But that 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 uh, that is probably the 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 level of ignorance within the conversation. Really, it's all about yeah. food, diet, cake. Yeah, um, and then like because it's know, linked to sugar, I think that's the mentality. People just get the, the the two types confused, and the yeah. jokes come from people's understanding of type two. Like, are you eating a Mars bar? Oh, bring on the diabetes. It's like, well, you're kind of right in that, but I, that's not. It's not that's my fault. It, uh, I've got this. Yeah, that's a good all. point. You know, when you see people, you can see people on TV or yeah. anywhere eating a, a big meal yeah, full yeah. of sugar, big cakes. Yeah. And the first thing that they someone well, say is that will bring on yeah. diabetes. Look at the US. They've got a massive type two diabetic problem there. That's because yeah. the diet is. That's because that's a lifestyle one. Yeah. Dog shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, as we spoke about last week, the, <laughs> the American yeah. diet is not the best. Yeah, it's not the best. Um, but yeah, that, that's. It's tasty though. It's fantastic. Well, actually, no. Having recently been there, it's not. It's awful. Actually, yeah. After 15 days of me, when I was there a few years ago, it's tasty to start with, but then... Yeah. You can really you taste the sugar and stuff. so sick yeah. of it. And, wow. I, and the thing with me now is, if I have too much sugar, I get headaches really bad. Okay. So I'm very, like, tuned into it. Yeah. And the US diet, there's just sugar in everything. And I was proactively avoiding sugary foods there. Mm. And even I still noticed it. It's like, fucking hell, man. Um... You don't need this much sugar. Even the meat is the wrong colour. It's so strange. <laughs> but I think because we live in a country that's becoming more health aware now and, you know, sugar taxes are in place and that kind of stuff. And We're getting there. Slowly. Well, look at like Ribena now. You And this is fantastic for me. I can go to Sainsbury's and buy Ribena Light. has zero sugar, zero carbs. So I don't have to inject for that. It's fantastic. Mm. So it's made my life easier for stuff like that. Yeah. Um, where I struggle is just, you know, go. The, the real reality of this is going out for dinner and, you know, buying foods that don't have nutritional information available. So... You know, if I go to a restaurant with you tonight and we have whatever, I've then got to kind of in my head work out, oh, it's probably this many carbs in it. All right, I'll inject that much. Yeah. Luckily, I'm quite good at that. I'm quite good at working yeah, it out. Yeah. In my head, I can kind of tell if, you. If you didn't have a clue, would you just kind of guesstimate a well, couple of... So the great thing is you can go on, there's, there's courses in place. So um, the NHS for type one diabetics, there's courses you can go on, hmm. um, which basically teach you how to manage your condition and how to... Okay. Um, inject I'm going to be really really honest I haven't been on them um, I, at will, you, some will point, you go? I will at some point go on it I should have done it a while ago I haven't really been in the position to but to myself self-taught a lot of what I'd learned yeah, there anyway yeah, so yeah. I'm, quite, I'm quite lucky um, again this isn't from a place of arrogance but I'm, I'm managing my condition fantastically so 
there's nothing to really worry about there. Yeah, um, yeah. But I would like to go on the course. I'm sure I'll learn. Of course, I'll learn more about it and mm. learn more about the condition. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. I think. Well, when I was looking at it before, there's no cure. No. So no. The good thing about type two is um, there's been you know treatments that have been proven to uh, you know reverse the effects of type two, so you can go back to living a good life and not worry about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, type one, though, unfortunately, we're stuck with us till the yeah. day we. Well, leave I think. This earth. Well. Yeah, I don't know whether the, the, it's possible for a cure, but there's the clearly um, the, there's, cl- uh, close to better solutions. I exactly. Guess, yeah, I think the, the way that the, the approach to this is that they're looking at ways to yeah improve the quality of life and maybe look at ways of creating smart insulin where mm. you can inject yourself once then it will react to what you eat and it can you know oh, okay or even under the skin kind of monitors and yeah. you know maybe fake pancreases and all that stuff i mean there's like you know you can get a pump which sits outside your body and that pumps in insulin and does it that way i'm not really keen on that myself mm. um i don't really want bits of technology dangling off me the monitors i'm happy with because it's quite small and discreet yeah um Again, down to preference, yeah. I guess. But yeah, there's, there's strides being made. There's going to be no cure, but there's going to be better treatments and better solutions. Yeah. What are the What are the myths are there that people think about with diabetes? Um, kind of covered it really. That yeah. it's my fault and that I can't eat stuff. They're the two I face. In a yeah. No issues service. in work. Um, anyone that's worked with me recently will be, I'd say probably twenty percent know about all this because I've had conversations yeah. with them. Yeah. The rest will be sub- probably surprised about all this. I reckon. Yeah. Um. I was going to mention like I went on a date after I was diagnosed and that really I'm going to be very honest now the reason I've been put off dating for a a little while was I had a lot of self-confidence issues around diabetes I have to say um, in the dating world yeah because I felt as if someone (laughs) this is weird now conversation this is news to everyone by the way I've never spoken like this before Um, I went on a date and uh I'm going to be honest, we're at mine and I had to inject. Explained what was going on. She was ignorant to it, but she seemed to be okay with with um, with it after I explained it. Um, came to the point where I needed to inject and she basically told me to go to the bathroom and go to the different part room. She didn't like needles and didn't want to see it and she wasn't comfortable seeing it. So I then feel like a bit of a freak all of a sudden. feel like, okay, so the needle... You've seen it before. You can it's not like, see it. It's like either. a millimeter long. It's yeah. tiny. It's literally. It looks like someone. It looks like I'm basically taking a pen and putting it on next, pressing it into my skin. Yeah. It's yeah. so unnoticeable. It's not like this is the important thing to to probably tell people. Like, it's not like when you get blood taken at the hospital. It's it's so. Yeah. It's not like a five inch needle. Yeah. I can tell you now, it doesn't really hurt. It hurts sometimes when you're on holiday and your skin's a bit fragile. Mm. Um. But it's like taking a pen. Imagine like a, a pen and pressing it into your skin. It's as simple as that. It probably hurts less because mm. the needle's so fine and so small. And plus, she doesn't need to look, and she doesn't need to look. So then, I felt a bit, I felt a bit weird about it. And then afterwards, she was just a bit off about the whole thing and didn't feel comfortable about me testing in public. And we went for dinner once or twice, and she was very weird about it. So I'm then like, okay, I feel as if I'm now being judged for this, and that there's an issue here, and I feel a bit strange. Mm. So then, being the guy that I am, I overthink it a little bit. I'm like, right, so am I dating people now, and they're going to think, you know are they going to be put off by me because I've got this? They're going to, you know, because unfortunately uh, you can kind of inherit diabetes as well. So if somebody families has got it, you can, it's more common. Yeah, I looked at that before actually, yeah. I think the percentages are quite small. So if if your mum has it, the the chance of you getting it as a child is two to four percent. And then if your father has it, it's six to nine. Yeah. But if both have it, it's about 30% chance. So it's it's So, you know, even six nine percent it's a small number but it's still a chance so mm. i then started to overthink that and be like oh 
So if I have kids one day, am I, you know, going to give them diabetes? I wouldn't wish that upon anyone, really, yeah, as yeah, well yeah. as I've dealt with it. I don't want someone to have to fucking have to deal with this. Yeah. So I started overthinking that, are they going to be put off by me because, you know, kids one day and all that. I'm like, just overthinking utter ridiculousness. So I then went on another day after that with someone else and um, her mate had it. Um, this girl's called Jess, I don't mind sharing the name. She was a lovely girl. Didn't work out with her, um, yeah. obviously. Um, but her mate had it. She was so understanding about it and okay. it was great. But then that didn't work out. I didn't really think, put two and two together. But then, like, afterwards, I kind of went back to thinking about that first girl I was kind of dating afterwards. And I was like, it really fucked my confidence up for ages. Hence why I didn't bother. Is that one of the reasons why you maybe just don't tell people anyway? Yeah. And that's why I didn't date anyone from, like, July last year to basically December last year. January okay. this year. Um, as much as I try and say it as other things, it was primarily that. Yeah. And then also just can't be asked. How do you feel now about it? So you to meet someone now, go on a date, how are yeah. you in terms of sharing um, that information? Because I think the, the, the key thing with anything like this is, first of all, awareness is so important yeah. of any issue that someone has to, to face. Education in, yeah. in terms of yeah. a, a, enabling someone to understand what, yeah. what it is and the fact that there is limited or minimal impact on, on mm. first of all, on their life. You know, mm. it's not going to mm. stop them mm. Um, or stop a relationship doesn't anyway. change yeah it doesn't change you at all and exactly. it doesn't change me at all yeah. there's the, a few things that we have to be careful about like we need to keep an eye on my levels and make sure you know if I'm injecting that I've done the correct amount and that if I have hype it's called a hypo when your uh, blood glucose is too low mm. um, just make sure we recover from that and, yeah. you know it's simple as that it's, but like you, it's for think, me to manage ultimately. I was going to say like you've proved it's manageable and yeah. manageable within your life and your lifestyle yeah. that you haven't really well from looking at you from, from from outside, you haven't had to change your lifestyle no. to 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 no. include this. It's no. just those just, daily routines and yeah. practices that have exactly. to be slightly different. Which, exactly. from what I can see from yeah. you, it seems okay to do. Yeah, I mean now, like uh, I think if I met someone now and they were negative or ignorant about it, like that girl from last year, um, I'd probably just. Well, end it there that, and then that would be a reflection I think it speaks per- to the, about that person yeah, yeah. So, if they're yeah. ignorant about diabetes out of all things what else would they be ignorant about you know I mean? in this world and that's not where you're at in your life yeah so. and like even uh, Michelle who co-hosted with us a few weeks ago she dated a guy that had it and she was totally cool about it mm. and it speaks to and these are people that I respect and yeah. I've got time for them like this speaks to you it's like you if you dated a girl with diabetes you'd be cool with it yeah. like even before even if you didn't know why I did or whatever yeah I, to be honest, I just want to learn about it yeah it's like it speaks to you as a character and in the end of the day is what it is yeah um, it's like I can go well tell you what I didn't choose for you to have diabetes so therefore you can't have it it's like okay fine and I'm going to be honest me. with you no one in this world is completely healthy or is completely you know got no issues no, no it's <laughs> just mean, the thing that you have is yeah. we see it exactly and we, you know you have to in- inject it it's exactly not, you know, it's fine you, is it more than a bit of frustration the fact that you have to kind of repeat yourself yeah I guess so because that must get quite I'm a bit bored of telling people about yeah. it. It's probably why I'm doing this. I might just send this episode to people. <laughs> so if anyone ever asks, <laughs> yeah. refer to episode yeah. XYZ. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that in the next few weeks now I'm going to be in new work environments and stuff like that as well, that's uh, going to be a, maybe a bit of a challenge. Um, but we'll see. Or, or is it something that you could just go in and go, do you know what? This is me. Yeah. I have this. Deal with it. I mean, that's what I'm going to do ultimately. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, I... I you also it, shouldn't have to announce it either. Yeah, that's, that's, say that. that's probably what you I'm trying to say. You shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. that's probably what, where I'm at with it. Um, but it's cool. I just hope, I hope people have kind of... Do you know when, do you know any other people really with diabetes? Well, we you both know someone. People? I'm not sure if you even realise. Friend of Dan's. Uh, I don't think so I, I do. So we'll name him. I think he's cool. Um, Dexter, he's type 1. Is he? Yep. 
have you never wondered why he carries a folio around him? He's had it since birth, though, so, or like young lad, like one or two maybe. And no, I've never noticed it. I, I don't really know him that well. He's obviously like a friend of a friend, but we've been for a few drinks with him, I haven't seen him in a while. But he, it was actually about three months after I came back to London. Um, I said to him, yeah, I'm tight one now as well. And he went, wow. He went, he went his reaction was, that'd be mental if I found out at your age that I've got it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, it is what it is. Well, well, do you know what? I, there's probably people I do know in my life. I maybe even had the yeah. conversation with them, but I, it, I, I don't, Judge them off that. So like, well, it's yeah. not like it's, it's a well, it's thing not, for me. It's not a thing, yeah. Exactly. It's almost like he might have told yeah. me his favourite colour was yellow. I'd yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. well, I'm never going to remember that. Yeah, yeah. No, so Dexter, <laughs> I still one. don't treat the person um, as a human the way they are. So. Exactly. I, but apart from him, I don't think I've met anyone else that's got type one. Okay. Um, I'm aware of. But yeah, again, it's not a thing, you know, yeah. for me. But I should I should probably say at this point, my sister has type one as well. Uh, okay, I didn't okay. really want to mention it. Um, because it's for her, but my sister has also has type one okay, diabetes. Okay. She got diagnosed very shortly after me. Um. Sorry, I just don't want to make it sound like I don't know anyone with type one. My sisters have it as well, um, okay. which is really rare that two siblings would have it. Um, yeah. It freaks doctors out a little bit. I did have a stat, but there you I, go. I, let me try um, and find number. But yeah, sorry, I just want to make that clear at this point. But it's not for me to comment on her or for me to mention it in great detail. Just my sister does have it. I just want to yeah. say. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I should have probably said that earlier. No, no. It's just a thought. Well, I'll tell you what. I, so much I've learned tonight about you, actually. I didn't realize. I, I really did not realize or contemplate how how severe your uh, <laughs> your your that time of your life was. To be honest, yeah. And I have to say, listen to your mum talk about it. Like I say, she's brilliant when she came yeah. on. Um, one thing I'll say is, I I already knew how close you were with your family. Mm. Is it now uh, very obvious? It, it's just I can just see the reasons why. I can see why you're so close because uh, how you deal with things seems to be really really. Quite admiring, really, quite um, yeah. inspirational as a, as a family because I know you're very close. Yeah, um, and I think yeah, it's really great to listen. And to. we've spoke about one thing that we've been through as a family. We've been through so much. Yeah, so yeah. Um, more than I'll ever share on this podcast. Yeah. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've briefly spoke about you know my uncle and stuff. We've just been through so much as a family. It's like I would be surprised if a family been through what we've been through and they're not as tight as we are, mm. as close as we are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So what would you say to anyone listening to this who um, either knows someone who has any of the yeah. symptoms that we spoke about? So, you know, the, the, I think the four main symptoms, which are quite, they're probably symptoms of a lot of different types of things. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. fatigue, tiredness, um, needing to wee a lot. Weight loss. Uh, weight stuff. loss. Yeah. Um, Just feeling kind of weird. Because um, you've got yeah. to think if you've got all this... Glucose in you, it's like, yeah. it's not doing you any good. Yeah, and constantly thirsty as well. Constantly Those are four symptoms that are quite simple, really. Yeah. So very easy to probably overlook. Possibly, I mean, I don't want to sit here and say, you know, if you've got any of those, you're bloody diabetic, but... Yeah. Well, you had it for a year, don't forget. It's worthwhile having a conversation with your doctor and just rolling out if you're, you know, unsure. Yeah. But absolutely. again, maybe just reach out to Diabetes UK, reach out to your doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what, Is I'm not an expert on this at all, but... If anyone wants to have a chat about this, I'm because I'm very aware that this podcast is going to reach people we don't know. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm happy to have a conversation. So just um, message us on Instagram, um, Tuesday Night Drinks, yeah, yeah. and follow us while you're there. Um, <laughs> well, thanks for sharing all of all of that. Oh, nuts! Um, yeah, this has been a long episode, but I hope I, I, I think you know there's, there's other things that we will cover. But now I feel like I've said it it's now going to be a part of the conversation that we, we have. Um, yeah. I'm not, not scared to bottle it up anymore. I think it needs to be spoken about and it needs to be, and hopefully it's going to explain to people a bit more about me because mm. 
people have said to you that they feel like that I'm on the cusp of opening up about something. Yeah. This is a big thing that I'm now opening up about. Uh, layer number one. <laughs> no, I, I think you've... Pay- <laughs> well, this, it's not even a layer, this. It's more, this is around everything to do with me. This is now part of yeah. it, I'm afraid. No, I think this is this is really good for you because, yeah. yeah. And I've felt the same. You know, I, I've we've both opened up to each other, but I think yeah. on here still there's... There's, there's a lot more <laughs> put it this way there's going to be things that we talk about like my personalities where I, I can now say well that's because of the diagnosis and what I went through yeah um, as much as I say it hasn't bothered me it's influenced me in ways that I can put two and two together yeah. and it probably will influence in ways you don't even know yet yeah well the fact that I now cry at movies and I'm really upset about like people dying and stuff it now upsets yeah. me more than it ever has because I was not like unemotional but like I never used to cry before I was diagnosed and when I was in hospital, I saw this old guy who was like final days, if yeah, you ask me. Yeah. Um, or really ill, I should probably be a bit more respectful, I guess. Um, I remember crying at that in hospital, I was getting really upset about it. Really? And ever since then, I've been a little crybaby at everything. <laughs> I, yeah, I never used to cry at films. The last couple of years, I do cry a little bit. <laughs> I, I cry at the silliest things, like if, yeah. if a dog comes home and it's been missing for days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, <laughs> do you know what? Like, the way, actually, let me tell you the weirdest thing I've on. cried at. Um, Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> Because the family was a, a, yeah. just an Italian family, they were at war, uh, and and they they obviously fixed the restaurant and they got back together and, and they all loved each other in the end. But it was very very emotional. I cry with joy a lot now as well. Do you? Mm. Like if I'm really yeah, happy about something, that, or I if I get really like this is going to sound really sad, but I like cry listening to music sometimes as well because it brings me so much joy. Yeah, music's a big part of your life though, so I understand yeah. that you're probably I never emo- used to. <laughs> you're more emotionally connected to that than probably most yeah. things. Cried at Avengers. Cried at Star Wars. Is that because it was over? I just got emotional about it, man. Well, if you've seen Avengers, actually, fu- if you haven't seen it at this point, fuck it. Iron Man <laughs> dies at the end. I cried at that. <laughs> I'm not being funny. It's, the, it's now on track to be the biggest movie of all time. If you haven't seen it at this point, you're not going to see it. Or you're not arsed enough to go see it, so this isn't a big deal. Iron Man dies, all right? Let's just put it out there. Not from diabetes, though. No, he That's... dies because um, he uses the Infinity Stones to kill Thanos and wipe out his army, and no mortal... <laughs> keep going. Keep talking about... No mortal should wield <laughs> the Infinity Stones, so it kills him. And he dies. It's really sad, actually, when he dies. <laughs> actually, I have seen that clip. Oh, yeah, I, I showed you. I played yeah, it to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, bad, isn't it? I want, uh, if, I was as, if I was as connected to the, to the, um, You're not the series in the, as you are, yeah. then or, yeah, I would find it most Any fan of the series, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, I've taken like a few people that have seen it at cinema. Even um, friend of the podcast, um, Kelsey, you've met Kelsey. She um, went to see it and she cried at that bit. I don't think she's that invested in it. So I think uh, it's okay. I think it's been in the you've built up to this over three hours and it happens at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's got a kid in the movie. I mean, if it's in the cinema as well, it's more yeah. dramatic. Watching it at home is a and little it's, less it, dramatic. It's perfect storytelling. Like in the movie, they detail the fact he's now got a kid. Like, and this is the billionaire playboy that he met 10 years ago yeah who you know got blown up in a cave and that's why he became iron man and now he's got a kid a wife and he's settled he's t- completely turned his life around yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great storytelling then he's sacrificed himself to save the universe it's like right <laughs> he's not a bad guy he's actually he's, he's, he's been on a i've been on a journey right put a pound in the, in the jar um the journey jar oh the journey said jar. it yeah all right well i think that's uh let's stop here i think um Thank you for listening, mate. Thank you for asking good questions and thank you for being a mate as always. Appreciate that. You're very welcome. Look, um, like I say, I'm, we'll probably end up maybe even doing another episode on this at some point. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I'd say it's going to be a constant part of the conversation now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I say, like, I'm just glad to be part of it. I'm glad yes. to be here with, with you when you when you talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess, yeah, like I say, I didn't really realise the severity of it. Um, mm. I'd never really 
thought to even ask you about it, to be honest, because I'd never... Why would you? <laughs> yeah, well, I, don't, I, just, don't, I accepted that it was part of your life and that's yeah. it. So. I mean, don't, I'm not sure if you do, but don't feel bad that you've not asked more about it or you're not understanding the sphere of it. Don't. And I, actually, for anyone, yeah. anyone listening to this that knows me, definitely don't feel bad that you don't have, have never, number one, maybe known about it or number two, not understood it fully or number three, realise how bad it is yeah, or yeah, what, yeah. What, what I have to deal with. Yeah. Don't, because it's, it's for me to manage your kind of understanding of that and it's for me to it's for me don't yeah I'm not asked about this why should you be agreed I, I don't feel bad mm, uh, however good. I would when it had happened I would have like well like I said we weren't that, that yeah, close so back then go. so maybe right. the conversation wouldn't have been there but, don't, don't worry about um, it but yeah no need, no need to brush it off as the way you did <laughs> <laughs> I've got, got to carry needles and shit <laughs> I can't tell <laughs> you basically my mum said on the phone I was so out of it on drugs, which is one of the times we can say some podcast and it's perfectly yeah. legal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I was just, yeah. I was on all sorts of medication going on, man. I was on drips and all sorts. So yeah. I remember, I remember being on my phone at hospital and just like, to people on the other end of that conversation probably thought I was completely fine. Cause I was just texting away. Like, yeah, fine. Just in the hospital a little bit ill. Yeah. Just yeah. out of my mind yeah. on, on drugs. What I will say though is, is, is also well done to you for, for the way you've handled it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Cause the, again, the time I've known you since you've had this, um, from what I can see is you've handled it brilliantly. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever have, change you've had to make, yeah. you've made it seamlessly from yeah. what I can see. And, you know, and you know what people aren't there aren't as, again, aren't as, you know, cool about it, I guess. And people, yeah. have, there are, I've listened to podcasts to prepare myself to do ours with people, with people that have been diagnosed and people have dealt with it badly and, and mm. it's been hard on people and I can completely understand how it would be. So yeah, yeah. I've been kind of lucky. I think that I've, taken to it and it's it's not been a upsetting difficult thing for me yeah, yeah um i don't forget to inject i don't you know i deal with it well um you know it's people out there that, that don't deal with it as yeah, easy yeah so i guess going back to what we said at the start if yeah. anyone wants more information on um, diabetes uk is the place on, to go yeah, so diabetes.org.uk um i think that's the biggest website for yeah diabetes in the uk uh it's one with, it's, it's got so much information like say about type one type two mm-hmm. living with it there's uh research sections um there's a section on how to get involved as well so yeah um i remember we said a while back we might even look to do something we for, are ch- yeah for charity yeah uh, to support it so uh, i definitely want to want to uh, do some of that so maybe we yeah. share the details at some point on instagram absolutely um absolutely i think yeah the, the charities i want to support now are, are two very close to my heart teenage cancer trust and also diabetes uk okay. so um, obviously tonight I've been speaking about Diabetes UK so if anyone can support in any way shape or form um, yeah Diabetes website just giving it at diabetes.org.uk yeah. uh, diabetes.org.uk yeah. yeah perfect so get on there if you want to support the charity I, I'd love it if you can because you know they've helped me not you know in any kind of financial way but the resources that are available mm. are fantastic and are priceless to me um, and yeah we're going to try and help them out a bit in the future as well I'd say two charities I want to support so we'll be doing our bit as well Um Good. As much as we can. Um, that was great. Thank you so much for listening. Um, it's been a, for me, fantastic hour and also um, really enjoyed that conversation. It's been good to, not not lift a weight, but I feel like I've given, I've, I've, I don't think I've lifted a weight off my shoulders, but I feel like I've, something's yeah. been, been verbalised and yeah. we, you know, yeah. maybe I'll know more as I listen back to this and we release it and hopefully the reaction's kind and, I hope it is. <laughs> oh, it will be. It will be. I think that, yeah, I think these type of conversations are the ones I get the most from, the ones that yeah. we have. I yeah. think we've we've had the jokey ones 
many times. And we've and we still of, will. We still yeah. will. But um, I really like these conversations. And we've I decided get a lot from them. Personally. This is it. Moving forward. Now this is what this podcast is going to be moving forward. So it's good. Um, is it my turn next week? See what we think of. You never know. Um, but anyway, if you are new around here, please do give us a subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Um, if you're on the store as well, please do give us a little five-star rating. We really appreciate it. It helps the podcast out massively. Um, as we plugged earlier on, give us a follow on all good social medias, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, we're going to wrap up the content there, which we promised for the last month. But we are going to wrap up the content. <laughs> we are on Instagram, so it's a start at least. But um, Anyway you see us, please just give us a follow or, or a like or a rating. It really supports the podcast. And, Hopefully, everyone can appreciate what we're doing and what we're trying to do. Um, it's just about building the momentum and, and getting more people on board. Um, so if you can share it with your friends and family, please do. Um, I'd like to say thank you, actually, personally, to a few people that listen to it. Um, I'm not going to name you because I don't want to give you any kind of uh, spotlight, but there's a few people um, that I know that have been sharing this with family members and friends and stuff, and I appreciate that. Um, we've seen the numbers have gone up again, especially after last week, so... It's good to see that and, and I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, and for me again, Michael, I'll let you obviously shout out some people in a second if you want to, but it's just good that, again, people message me when they're listening and tell me that they've enjoyed it. Um, I've also made more effort to, to ask people if they've listened and what they thought of it. Yeah, yeah. Good to get people's feedback again. Um, so that's me. Michael, anything from you? Uh, Similar thing? I mean, I, I don't want to say ditto, but <laughs> essentially the same thing, yeah. I think. Um I've already, I think a lot of those people who listen to it, who I know uh, kind of already personally um, or every week yeah. say thank you for listening because it, it obviously means a lot. But yeah. um, like I say, the key thing is now we start to, we want to share it more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, well, of course not going to mention anyone personally, yeah. but I think those people know who they are. They, um, and they if, should. if I haven't said it, then I will at some point soon. Yeah. So. so thank you. Cool. All right, well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure, as always, Michael. Thank you. Any final word? Uh, No, thank you too. Thank you. Right, we will see you next Tuesday. Tuesday.